to full energy From bed right here cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Look on the other day, eat couple guests too We're gonna win the trophy, we're overdue Now we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, London ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of our own nine and in It's only got money, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking We're the show side, we're the show side We're the show side, what we sing We're the show side, we're the show side it's a new flood to me. Yo, 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 it's the Shelfside Podcast, back with episode 57, another week's instalment, another week, and Kwabna is Mr. Hoff, <laughs> or Hefner, is it Hefner, it's Hef, it's Hef. It's Hefner, man, it's Hugh Hefner with the, with the dressing gown and that. And ting, and ting, and ting, I can't see the Playboy Bunny, that's what confused me. Yeah, because I'm a married man, I don't have those vibes. We'll keep that moving. I'm not going to comment on that point on the podcast. I know your wonderful wife listens to your or the pod, unlike my other half. So we keep it moving. There. How you doing, man? Yeah, good. Thanks, man. Um, do you know what? I'm just so happy. It's the end of the season. Like, it's funny. You know, when you think about like the crazy things that are going on in this world and all the stuff that we've endured recently. Um, Sometimes I feel like dealing with Tottenham has been the hardest. Um, so I'm happy. It's, I'm happy it's done. <laughs> I'm happy it's done, man. Like I feel like it. Like all other areas of my life, like I'm cool. Do you know what I mean? You know, family are, are are well. I have my health. You know, I have a job. I have so many things to smile about. But Spurs, Spurs is where it all goes tumbling down. So I'm so happy the season's over. And I 100% wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think 99% of the fan base will say the same. So, that being said, I think this pod is going to be about the season that was the longest, one of the longest seasons, season that it was never going to end. But it did end, as you said, and we will review it in part. But before we do that, we need to review a few other things. Okay? Yes, yeah. Um, actually, before we review other things, let's shout the new cities. I did see a few new cities, and I'm happy to say... Hello, welcome to, I hope I pronounced this correctly, Biograd in Serbia. What? Welcome. This is okay. what I'm saying. We're reaching, we're reaching. Um, Dakar in Bangladesh. That's not like, there's another Dakar, there's isn't another there? another Dakar, yeah. Okay, yeah. Bangladesh, all right. And where was the other one? Okay, this I know I'm pronouncing wrong. But it's like BN, but there's a hyphen, apostrophe, stroke, something over the E, so that might be a different sound. Hoi, BN Hoi, I'm assuming that's close to it. That's Vietnam. So shout out to you guys and welcome. I've actually been there, you know. Have you? Yeah, I've actually been there. This is Mr. International. You are here, <laughs> didn't you? How many countries you been to? Oh, man. Do we need a separate pod to list those out? Do you know what? I actually think I know that. I actually think I know the answer to that question. How, wait, how, many, how many countries have I been to? Or cities. To? What, do you want to do cities or do you want to do countries? I know I've been to 12%. I know I've visited 12% of the world. I've got an app that tells me. So I know you I've are so yeah, yeah. sad. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Right now, for the purpose of the listeners, Krabna <laughs> in his Hugh Hefner. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. My Hugh Hefner, um, Jesse Gard, I'm about to recite right. the countries I've been to. All right, so Denmark, England, doesn't count. Finland, France, Hungary, Italy, Norway, Portugal, Scotland, Spain, Switzerland, the Netherlands. The Vatican City counts as a separate thing. But anyway, Turkey... It does, it's a state, yeah. Turkey, Indonesia, UAE, Vietnam, and Tigar... Canada, Cuba, Mexico, Trinidad Tobago, the States, Ghana, Malawi, Morocco, Mozambique, South Africa, Tanzania, Zimbabwe, uh, Zanzibar, it's kind of Tanzania anyway, um, Zambia. That's it. Show off. Can you add Albania to that list, please? <laughs> yeah, like, we're going to reach the final. <laughs> we're allergic to finals, bro. We're allergic to finals. <laughs> Let's we'll come on to we'll come on to that in a second, but um, it's been a season of leagues. It's been a season of new things. It's been a season of fantasy football. I actually came third in my workplace fantasy football. That's second time in three seasons I've been in the top three. Um, so that was good. But you haven't won it. I won it two seasons ago. I didn't want to pick myself up. Like you, saying, I'll like I've you. travelled twelve percent of the globe and stuff like that. the vibes. Just finish the top no, three. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I won it. I didn't want to live off past glory. Oh, but um, so that's all good. Shout out to everyone who plays that and who listens to the pod. Shout out to you guys. Shout to and I need a drum roll. Can Lero? Can you give me a drum roll, please? Unless Cobney, you're going to give me a drum roll because you make enough noise on the mic anyway. Yeah, so true. Actually, no. I'm going to get in trouble for Lero. You know. <laughs> Are you doing the drum roll? We can't hear you. What are you joking? I see you. <laughs> you can't hear that. Listeners, again, you if you, for the purpose of the pod, Hef <laughs> in his dressing gown, I think was getting close to the mic and... <laughs> and I was tapping at rapid pace. <laughs> rapid pace. It looked like it, no, but there was a, no that's, sound. That's a waste. Anyway, this, this, is, this, is, this is carnage. Um, Amit Ergen is our fantasy football at shelf pod league champion for 2020 2021 can we give him a round of applause make some noise don't don't hate don't hate don't hate don't hate like yeah listen i did it look it's a great it's a fantastic achievement um i did my best to provide some stiff competition i'm not gonna lie you really pushed me you really pushed me to the to the end of the season um but congratulations to you finishing on top should I get you a T-shirt that says... Um, Put the pressure on. Yeah. <laughs> have you got the DVD or <laughs> Got the DVD, man. I got the DVD. All right. All right. No, shout out to you. That's a fantastic achievement. I think I put the pressure on, but never really got close. 82 points behind. That's probably like the distance between City and their nearest rivals, United. So... Um, that will be back bigger and better next week. Um, Amet, if you're listening, I've asked you um, to share your starting and um, your last team with us, please. Um, until then, um, we can't give you your prize. Um, I don't know what that prize is yet, but we can't give it to you. I can't remember what we promised anyway at the start of the season. But that would be Kobna to fork that out, whatever that is. <laughs> As he is the hef. Uh, moving swiftly on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get a bit serious now. Like, what a season that was. Um, There weren't much good. Uh, I say there weren't much good, but there were a few things. I guess 
at the start of the season we made our predictions as you do we had a transfer window that at the time we i think we graded a b something or the other and if i said to you after that transfer window knowing that we've got jose a winning manager in our um team at the head at the top and if i said to you would be top in december having beaten city and arsenal whilst drawing away to chelsea in a short run without conceding a goal also kane was going to be the golden boot winner and the league lead the league in assists son would have his most prolific premier league season scoring 17 goals kane and son would combine um, so much that they would take the record for a single season most combined goals, taking it away from, I think it was Sutton and Shearer. Gareth Bell would score 12, was it 12 or 11 league goals? Yeah, which is pretty much all we asked of him, you know. Exactly. We said we need the third person to get 10 goals. We'd be in a cup final, we'd qualify for Europe, and it wouldn't be the Europa League. We finish above the scum. You might think that would be a very good season. You know that's really that's a really 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 good way to break it down because when you say all that stuff by like even talking about Europe, like if you put that all on paper and you said to me beforehand, would you take it? Well, it's snatch your flipping fingers off that, mate. But alas, it's crazy, isn't it? Here we are. And boy, I guess. I guess. I guess what I didn't tell you is that we'd sack Jose uh, four days before a cup final. Um, Mason would be in charge. um, Mason and Co. would be in charge for over seven games. Um, I think we conceded nine. I didn't count. I think I had a rough count prior to the last game of the season. I didn't expect to concede two goals to Leicester, um, which made it three in two games to Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Random. Um, Concede up to, I think it's nine penalties in one season which I think is probably the highest don't quote me on that um, we'd lose the second highest number of points in the league from winning positions um, and we would possibly try every possible central defensive combination <laughs> other than those using Tanganga um, that might give you an indication that it wasn't going to be such a great season after all no nah. no nah. And we all know how that turned out. And on top of that, um, we ill-advisedly entered the Super League. Um, and yeah, recognised with the ninth richest club in the world, but also entered the Super League, which no fan wanted. Um, and that backfired on us and all of the clubs that entered it. And what was the other thing that happened in season? I think there were so many things that happened this season. Um but yeah, that's that's the season that was. And I think we need to grade it. Um, it's going to be painful, but a lot of our pods were painful coming to the end of the season when it looked for like real. we just had no... Oh, but, you, but you know what, though? We did call it, I think you called it, that would be points off of the Champions League spot. And we need to put this in perspective, right? We were awful from December on or January onwards. Awful, awful, awful. But we literally could have finished top four. Like the league was so poor this season, we could have finished top four. If you take away the defeat um, or the draw with Newcastle, the points we dropped there. Uh, if you take away the uh, Villa game, 
and we don't play so poorly and score an own goal and just literally press the self-destruct button. Just those those two games alone in recent weeks would have meant that we secured top four. How ridiculous is that considering how crap we were this season? I mean, it's, it is, it's ridiculous and it's, it's frustrating even more so because it just shows that once again we're left counting points. It feels like we're the only team who does this. We're definitely not, but it feels like we're the only team who does this, that... We go through a tumultuous period and we come up short and then we look back at all these moments of which that we knew were going to come and bite us in the back, the backside. So it's like, whether it's away um, at home to Leicester or Newcastle at home or West Ham at home, like there are numerous points in the season you just know are going to come back to hurt us. And when the rest of the league has been so poor, like we have been, so many times we've been in prime position to take advantage of that, right? Like, this season, everyone said, oh, maybe Mourinho is the perfect manager for COVID when everyone's kind of um, stumbling and they're trying to play pressing, attacking football. Maybe Mourinho being like the Antichrist is going to come through and um, and rustle something up. And it seems that every single time we find ourselves at the end of the season kind of licking our wounds and thinking, what, what, what could have been? Yeah, every season. Every, every bloody season. season. Yeah, I mean, there is some good news. My son hasn't decided to support City um, yet, and he actually wanted to jump on the pod today and <laughs> say something about Kane. I promised him he would do, so you may hear his oh, voice next week. I'm going to have to record it earlier, so it's just going to be like a little drop. Yeah, so, yeah, listeners, yeah, 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 get yeah. ready for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's let's grade this damn awful season. I guess we've got to do it. Do you want to do it 1 to 10, or do you want to do it... A, B, C, D, E, F, probably G, probably unclassified. Yeah, man. Um, I think it. I think wise. Uh, I think letter wise. I mean, we've got to. Yeah, I don't want to dwell on it too much because we've got we've got a lot to get through. But yeah, I mean, we've just given a quick summation of what the of what the season was like. And if you are listening to this, you know exactly what it was like. Um, I personally say it's a D. And the reason I give it a D is because of the expectation, the squad we put together, and the way it all just unraveled so quickly. And we put ourselves in position multiple times to, to build something and we didn't. We were top for a few weeks. We didn't build on that, capitalised. We got to cup final. We didn't build on that, we capitalised. We put ourselves in prime position to move forward in Europa. We didn't capitalise. I think the stark difference between the expectation and potential of the season to where we ended up is what makes it so painful. So, D, maybe even E. So, yeah, that's how, that's how low I'm putting it. See, I thought you were giving it D because we had no D, no defence. So we needed a D. But do you know what? I don't think that's fair. I think I think E's fairer. And the reason I say E's are fairer because they always say D's, isn't D still like a low pass in some categories? Is it? Whereas I think D can be sometimes a pass, like it's, a low pass. That's the kind of household I grew up in. Um, <laughs> Well, it was acceptable. Didn't even or know. you only knew about A's. Uh, a B was a fail for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, not gonna lie. Unless it was an A plus, then you you couldn't come. Home. Couldn't come home. Could um, but yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I guess yeah. I, that's a fair. That's a fair point. I mean, I think it is the lowest grade you can get while still passing. So, yeah, but. But we didn't pass. Yeah. I don't think we passed. Yeah. I think the minimum objectives we said on the pod was the top four and a trophy, right? And then we also said Europa League win would suffice even if you didn't finish in the top four because that got you Champions League and it got you a trophy. We failed in the Europa League miserably. We failed in the league 
miserably, had ample opportunities, crap league. Again, one of those seasons where everybody else failed, all you had to do was be keep your standards up and be as good as you could be. And we weren't even that. So we failed there. Like you said, been in the League Cup final, didn't show up. Failure. Three fails. I think we have to go down to an F. And people can say that's harsh because we finished seventh. And we competed. And we were there. We put the pressure on. Bollocks. Absolute bollocks. We spent money. We got players in. We had Jose Mourinho. Cost us money. We got the infrastructure. We got Balin. Gambled on Bell. 200,000 a week. Have one of the best strikers in the world. Have one of the most dynamic players in the world in Son. It's a failure. Straight F. It is a failure. Straight F. It is a failure. It is a failure. Oh man. <laughs> okay, I'm going to pick you up. I'm on suicide watch with you, you know. You literally look like. <laughs> I don't no, know if that's tired, know, To me, it's, it's, it's just the. I think it's just a reminder because we are pragmatic Spurs fans. We are realistic Spurs fans, right? You know, some Spurs fans are just so haunted by the doom and gloom of what they've experienced before, right? And there are some mm-hmm. who are just perpetually optimistic and think we're going to win the league every season. I feel like we're, we're even killed Spurs fans, right? Yeah. So when you think about the squad we put together, by all means, we, we did spot some 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 potential errors in the squad to begin with early. Yeah. But even that aside, this team was good enough to win one of the cup competitions I was in. It was good enough to finish top four. It was good enough to not have the implosion that it did. So that's what makes it so disheartening. Because arguably, you know, the same view are calling for Enix's head right now, well, the same guys that were talking about how there's great, great business have been done. So, yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. A- a- but anyway, agreed. yeah, we keep it moving. We keep it moving. So let's give out some awards. Yep, yep, yep. Let's give out some awards. Of course, we have to give out the Player of the Year, and we're giving out the Player of the Year, not named Harry Kane. Yes. So, so who have you got? This was hard for me. Um, part, I. Big part of me wanted to say Son because he finished with 17 goals and 10 assists, I think. Yep. Which is obviously... In the league, just in the just league. Just in the yep. league, which is, you know, the bottom line is goals win games, right? And you are, if he's not scoring them, he's making them. He had an amazing start to the season. Um, I'll say the first half of the season was fantastic. But then second half wasn't. It was quite poor. Um, you could tell that he'd been running to the ground... Like fitness wise, he wasn't really there. So, you know, it was like kind of like amazing and then not good at all. And so, because of that, kind of, it's not fair to say it pans out, but I wanted to give someone who was consistently brilliant. Not brilliant, consistently good. And I'm going to say Lloris. Lloris was consistently good this season. Um, the defense was crap, the absolute garbage. He pulled up some fantastic saves, he showed leadership um, and, and a, a calm head. I think a lot of the work that Luis does goes unheralded, but I have to give it to him this time around. I think I think he was our best player, not played, not not called Kane. And some might think that's surprising that you're giving it to Luis. Uh, Luis has made mistakes, but no more mistakes than um, any other person or player has made. And um, I guess when you're a goalkeeper, it gets highlighted more. We always say that. I don't yeah. think he has been too suspect with his kicking and his decision-making coming off the line. Yeah, he's dropped a few, 
but give him a goalkeeper in the league that hasn't. So, but what he has done has proven that he's still got the reflexes to do some sharp saves and kept us in games. And like you say, a lot of the time has gone unheralded. Yep. Um, he even made a good save that was offside at the weekend, um, which no one will talk about. Um, but I just did. So that's a good, good shout for me. Um, so I can't pick somebody who you've chosen. So I am going to go with... Um, that's a good shout, really. I want to go with Hoybier because, mm, again, okay. like Son was fantastic once he got going. Uh, breath of fresh air showed us that leadership ability, even though he didn't feel comfortable and with his place as a leader in the team. But his constant running, his constant shielding, his constant cajoling of others um, was what did it for me. He showed that he's got a pass in him. He showed that he's got a goal or two in him as well. Um, Run into the ground. I think Son and Hoybier were the two most used players under um, Jose. Obviously, Hoybier didn't miss a minute of Premier League action, was always a Swiss army knife in... Jose's back pocket when we went to the darks and the depths of Europe and I shouldn't say that because guys listen um, to the pod so that might sound a bit um, rude <laughs> but when we went all over Europe um, when in games we were expected to win and we were struggling when we were struggling Hoybier was always the first one off the bench to calm things down so he didn't get much rest so no surprise that the latter stages of the season he kind of failed a little bit didn't look his best however I don't think anybody would be surprised the the number of miles he covered but then he got a second wind and came back and was a bit better in the last few weeks of the season so yeah for me it's Hoybier future captain um, and I'm happy with that signing and you called it at the start of the season that he would be the most important player yeah um, and my most important player for different reasons will surely come on to at some point in this podcast. So let's keep it moving. Cool, cool, cool. Unless you've got anything to say about Hoybier. No, no, no. I, I think, I think it's a good choice. He obviously had a different form in the time where he was just overplayed. He looked tired, lethargic. His passing, his pass completion rate had gone down. Like, completely get it. But then when you're going to play as much as he did, is going to happen and hopefully Skip coming back into the side will give him opportunity to rest and for us to develop another young talent indeed 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 so speaking of young talents nice segue who's your young player of the year this one was really really hard because I was looking at like what constitutes this young player right like age wise and all that kind of stuff I think it's under 23 yeah it depends but sometimes under 24 yeah, like I swear yeah. Sterling was winning under Young player of the year when he was about twenty five, yeah, but um, <laughs> you leave Sterling alone. Um, so I was caught between two man. I was caught between um, Rodon and Regulon, and I'm gonna say Rodon because Rodon didn't have any experience at this level. Regulon's coming from Madrid. He's won stuff with Sevilla. Like the level that he's at, like you know, I feel like he should have been more consistent and accomplished more Rodan every single time he played for us whilst it wasn't as many as we'd like every time he did play for us I was confident I was comfortable and I was less encouraged and for me that's what a, that's what a young player should do they should make you feel like, they should make you feel excited about the future and you know I think a lot of Spurs fans would be happy to see him start um, as our centre-back moving forward because he showed composure he showed leadership 
He showed presence in the box. Yeah, he wasn't flawless. There were a couple of mistakes he made, but as a young player, you expect that. For him to make the jump to the level that he did, 100% to me, the most impressive young player we had. So, you've not left me with much there. So, I'm going to go left field, and I'm going to say Oliver Skip. He was the young what? player of the season who plays for Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, mm. he's our player. He was fantastic this season. That's that's uh, how that's how you know we are a disgustingly <laughs> good place. We reclaiming like we reclaiming like youngsters on load. No, I I fully agree that the only candidate, real candidate for young player of the season, uh, is Rodon. Regulon fell off a cliff, and mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll come on to that in a second. Okay, this one may be unanimous as well, but let's see who you've got for goal of the season. So this one's interesting, right? So I think the goal of the season. The minute you said interesting, I know you're wrong, but go on. I think the goal of the season actually is the Rabona against Arsenal. Okay, okay. That's okay. actually the goal of the season because it, the technique, it going in the only place it possibly could have gone, even not making a player like I mean, they're not making a player. You could argue that was luck. Who knows, right? But the technique to get it low, hard enough on the ground to do that with, it's just it's just sublime. The only problem is that it came in a loss. But I don't think that should really discount the goal because we're judging goal of the season, not goal that came in a, in a win. But then I also think that Kane's goal against Crystal Palace, where there's like a really good team build-up and then he just whips it into the opposite corner, was fantastic. But it was a long-range strike. I've seen a bunch of those. I'll see more of those to come from various other, uh, various, very, um, various other Tottenham players and then you have Son's goal against Arsenal you know he took that really early it was a sublime finish but again those long range shots yeah they're special um, and the technique required is high but I've seen them dime a dozen what the Mella did that day I've never seen before on the pitch and I remember him scoring I think what the f- did he just do that again so yeah I think I'm going to give it to the Rebona Hey, Eric, Eric. So, I agree with you. I think Kane's top bins, although it was very special, you're going to see Kane do that again, whether it be for us or for City. Oops, did I say that? Sorry, we'll get on to that. Um, <laughs> and Sonny's goal was fantastic, but I do blame, I think Leno was a bit um, weak in the goalkeeping stakes there, but it was still a fantastic strike. I think uniqueness, technique... The element of surprise, um, I'm going to give it, and this is probably should be, uh, I agree with you to Rabona. I think the only other candidate would be Don Bele's goal against Sheffield United. Um, I'm thinking, is that my moment of the season? I don't know what my moment is yet, but um, I think that's the only real candidate to challenge the Rabona. But I mean, I did a pretty much, we did a whole pod what I did anyway, I went nuts for the Rabona goal. Um, and to think he's he's actually scored two Rabona goals in his career, but this is the first Rabona goal. I'm going on record of saying this because I don't believe there has been another Rabona goal in the Premier League in its time. So shout to you, Eric Lamella. Let this this is going to be your legacy at the club, this is what's going to define your legacy is the Rabona goals. But, like Kwabana said, it came in a defeat and a defeat you helped cause by getting yourself stupidly sent off. Yeah, man. Gosh, that's just such an Eric and game. But yeah, let's not even get into that. 
Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So, moment of the season. I think the moment of the season is probably beating United at Old Trafford. Can you stop stealing? I'm not stopping you going first, you know that, because you're just stealing everything. <laughs> but, yeah, so th- to me, that was uh, the moment of the season. But then, like, also, there were a bunch of VAR moments that I think could have been tipping points for us. Uh, Leicester was a big one. Um, I felt like the moments where, actually... A goal goes our way and everything changes. And there yeah. were so many of those sliding door moments. And I think, look, everyone's had, like, VAR moments go against them, go their way. We've, like, every team has this season. And they, they do, and it's a cliche that they all kind of balance out. But I think that we were, so many times we were looking for a moment to kickstart our season despite having been top for a little while. Because even when we were top, it wasn't really convincing. And we all knew that we were getting by in a way that wasn't sustainable. So there were a couple of moments of VR, VR where I was like, oh, this could be the moment that changed everything. And it didn't happen for us. So in terms of like things that did happen, I think I'd have to go with beating United 6-1 at Old Trafford. It's Old Trafford. Um, it's still United. Um, 6-1 is a dismantling. And we were up before they had a man sent off. And then it was, that was it. It was a wrap for them. So, so yeah, that's what I would say. How about you? Yeah, again, I would have gone with that, but I'm going to take a different tact. I'm going to go with a moment in the season that wasn't a positive one. Um, and bit adding on to your sliding doors um, comments. So I'm going to go with who the hell was marking Roberto Firmino oh my God. at Anfield when we lost? Because I think that was a tipping point for us. I mean, you can argue Bergwijn's two misses, but also Kane's header. And yeah. maybe it should be Kane because you expect Kane to score from two yards out with a point-blank header um, against Liverpool. And this is something I'll probably come on to next pod, but maybe that is the moment of the season in reality. I'll take away two of your goals you scored, maybe against United, to give me that one goal against Liverpool. Yeah. That's true. And that's true. That is true. So yeah, that's my moment of the season, but a negative one. So we keep it moving. We go into most disappointing player, and I'm going to go yeah, first because I think I know who you're going to say. You go first. All right. So I'm going to try and beat you to the punch on this one, and it's ironic because it came down to quite. I mean came down to there's been quite a few players we could choose from and I know that even if I choose this player you still have an ample um, number of players to choose from but I just want to mention one player before I choose my actual player and that is Regio because everyone knows who's listening to this pod knows that I've raved about him especially at the start of the season but boy oh boy did the boy fall off a cliff and that could be first season rigors of the Premier League not being the most dynamic um, or strongest player. He's dynamic, but not the strongest player. Um, and I've heard that from an inf- uh, inside source that he's a bit weak, mentally fragile, as well as physically. Um, and yeah, not just realising he's going to have to defend as much as he had to. Yeah. So he turned into such a disappointment. And the thing is, right, you could argue quite easily on the basis of the whole season, that Aurier was a better fullback than him, defensively, and Aurier offered more 
going forward in terms of end product. Yeah. All right? Let that sink in. Let that yeah. sink in. Aurier was our most productive fullback, but still gets the most stick. Yeah, I okay. think people get used to, get used to it, then it just gets to a stage where they associate him with doing madness. That's all he's ever going to be, and they can keep that. Yeah, they do. They do. It's easy. So my most disappointing player of the season was my also my most important player of the season. And this was the classic reason why. So obviously you know me, not always one to pick the obvious. Eric Dyer was supposed to be the most important player because we knew he would be the lead centre-back under Jose Mourinho. We knew that, we called it, and he was. And he was because he had the Portuguese background. Um, he had the air of a lot of the players because he's multilingual. And he claimed he wanted to play centre-back. And he's that type of, not necessarily aggressive, but he's strong player who takes no nonsense. And you thought he could be a centre-back. Well, we were all... Well, those of us who thought he could be a centre-back were wrong. And I said he should be the most important player because if he plays up to the level he's expected to be playing at, then we'd have a decent centre-half. We won't concede as many goals. And they knew if we didn't concede, we would always score. And that was proven correct. However, we conceded buckets of goals. And right from the very start of the season, I think Eric Dyer was at fault for the Calvert-Lewin in Calvert-Lewin goal, the header, in our first game of the season that made yeah, us lose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unfortunately involved in the Andy Carroll penalty giveaway. Yeah, but was, then, that was a tough break. But yeah. yeah, but even in the second game, ex-Southampton away, he was at fault. Was it him at fault for the Danny Ings goal? Was that to- um, Toby? That may have been Toby. But, I mean... Even Dow called that. Even Dow called that. But, at fault for countless moments of defensive, I don't even know what to call it, but defensive madness, ineptness, whatever the word is, he was at fault, heart and centre of it, and he's just not good enough, not a centre-back, not a midfielder, not a full-back, just an all-round nice guy and good teammate, but not a footballer in the Premier yeah, League for Tottenham Hotspur. Serious ineptitude. And you can't say it really is the confidence in because... Dyer never looks bereft of confidence, ever. He just No, and Jose would have given him loads of confidence as well. He's just not good, man. He's just not good. He's just not good. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. Very, very disappointing campaign. He's lost his Euro, Euro place. Been a very bad, bad season by him. I mean, he got called back in and, yeah, I guess, well, we won four out of six league games, was it? Yeah. Um, still not good enough, though. We should have won all six. And um, he was at fault for a few goals in in that run. So yeah, that's mine. Who's yours? Um, most disappointing player. See, I went through a bunch of these. Um, I went through <laughs> a bunch of these. I did, and I think my my final thing is Lacelso. And the reason I say this yeah. also is because Javier managed to stay fit. Um, Nombele managed to have an impact from the season. Um, and so the final piece was Lissosa, right? And when Lissosa finally did get fit, 
I had a hard time understanding what he did. Like, I didn't need to carry the ball because nobody carries the ball. I don't need you to be a defensive-minded um, player because you know, I will hope you. When he's there, I'm like, he runs about a little bit, but what's he actually doing? I just didn't get a sense of his contribution to our successes at all. And that was problematic for me. That was problematic for me. So, yeah, let's also was just disappointing him because he just... He had a season under his belt of actually playing, right? Which nobody couldn't say. But... In that time, I thought like he was primed to kick on, and he just didn't do it. He he made no telling contributions outside of the second goal against Man City. He made no was that this season? Yeah, this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah senior. Yeah, he made, he made no telling contributions to our season, which is a player who came with his reputation, his experience, to not really leave any kind of mark on the game. It's just not good enough. Just not good enough at all. It's inexcusable. Yeah, I have to agree because we were looking um, forward to seeing that triumphant free of Hoybier, Dombele and Lo Celso. Um, we thought if we were playing a free, that would be a good combination. You've got two that can do a bit and a real defensive stalwart in Hoybier. Someone who'd be more disciplined, cover the ground. And both Dombele and Lo Celso could play in the deep line role, but could also push on and be breakers of lines and yeah Lo Celso has been touted as a 10 um, so could get goals and assists um, same with Dombele but it just didn't happen this season it was just like well I mean you could you could have played Winks you wouldn't have known really the difference um, not that not that well because he didn't break lines he didn't dribble the ball he didn't drive us the team forward he provided no assists he provided that one goal yes he had injuries yes he did however there were other players who have injuries and when he came back in he had a good run to the point that he was dropped and then cried off the last game of the season so thoroughly disappointing and especially when you look at it we've questioned him in a 10 role because he doesn't provide enough assists i think he probably only got two assists last season did he get assists this season i, I don't yeah, i'm I mean, even that, right? Even that. Like, should it be that hard? Should it be that hard for a player well, who just see as much of the ball that he sees? Like, for us to look at his contribution. Do you know what? He's, like, even the last four games, if you compare it to Deli Ali, right? The last four games that we've well, seen... Well, that's what I was going to do, yeah. Like, if you see, you can see, I can name you three or four, like, telling contributions. Why have I seen... There is a slight of- difference, though. There is a slight difference. I was thinking this, and I was going to use Deli as an example, but I think we still should. still think it's valid. But Lo Celso did play a deeper role when he came into the side after injury. He played alongside Hoybier, whereas Deli arguably played 10. However, when Lo Celso played 10, he didn't create half as many chances as Deli has created in the last five or six games. So that's where it's a fair comparison. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, I think for someone who for someone who has as little as the ball as Delhi has, because he does have little of the ball, but when he does have it, he'll try and make something happen. It doesn't always work. Whereas the Celtic can have a lot of the ball, run around, and I feel like he doesn't do anything. Yeah, there's a lot of running around. It's, it's almost a around, what, are you, what are you actually doing, <laughs> man? What are you actually doing? You see what I mean? I don't know, man. I don't know. Aye, aye, aye. All right, so this is going to be a potentially a tricky one. Uh, most surprising player. Uh, 
Um, I was going to go first, but I don't have one, so I need more time to think about it. So I'm going to throw you in at deep end. But oh, as you're... easy, easy, yeah, go easy, for it. Andrew. Most surprising player was Dyer to me. I had no idea he could be this bad. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Like, legitimately, everything, like you said, everything was set up for him to be an, an imposing and impactful figure this season. Everything from having Jose as your as your manager to... to um, to being to being able to speak Portuguese, playing in the in the position that you said you wanted to play at all this time, everything was set up nicely, nicely. Yeah. And you managed to be this bad. Look, being bad is one thing, right? But he was atrocious this season. There were I can count about three or four goals where he just let them run across the box. Like he he literally watched them run across the yeah. six five box. Yeah. For tackles. He did. Did that against Leeds. Lost a man. Lost a man against Liverpool. Um. Sure, there was Villa. Was it Villa? Villa. I'm pretty sure. Villa? I'm pretty sure. Like, look, Bentek is an opposing guy, but I'm pretty sure he just like demolished him in the air um, for the goal against Palace. Palace. Yeah, we won three yeah. one or four one or whatever it was. But four one, yeah. He just he just got eaten up, man. Like, couldn't show pace. Couldn't show physical imposition. Couldn't show. Couldn't show um, aerial Paris. So, brother, what are you doing there? You're not. You, you shout. People see you shout. Be like, oh yeah, dire, dire presence, influence, leadership. Leadership is not barking. Leadership is knowing, is speaking so in such a way that people listen. That's what leadership Diaz. is. When you have real leadership, you don't have to bark like that because when you open your mouth, people listen. People listen. They either listen to what you say or they watch what you do and they fall in line. He did neither. So to me, it's... A, I mean, it probably sound like I'm taking a piss, but definitely Dyer is the most surprising player of the season. I didn't know he could be this bad. No idea. No, I think, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair surprise. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, D- Diaz and Van der Vijk, Van Dijk, sorry, Van der Vijk, Van, who's he? Van Dijk spring to mind in terms of leaders at the back who lead by example, but also talk through the game, but are not barkers. Yeah, yeah. They very calm yeah. um, but they let their football in talking their Rolls Royce of centre halves and um, Dyer just needs to learn how to defend I think it's that simple else you cannot be a centre half and sense danger um, and that was the criticism I've always had of him but anyway that's your surprising player of the year my surprising player of the year is uh, again I mentioned Reggie it was going to be Reggie but I'm actually going to go with another person I actually like and I thought would be young player of the year this year, and that's Stephen Bergwijn. And Bergwijn wasn't all bad. Um, I know he got some assists and people would say, well, he just passed the ball and everybody else scored the worldie. I think one of those was Son, one of those was uh, Dombele, and I can't remember the other one. Um, he did finally score this season, and that was a good goal. Uh, but what was surprising for me is his finishing. How bad his yeah, finishing? Because his stats, um, his stats in the Eredivisie, like they showed a level of potency from the wing that I just didn't expect. I felt like he was getting to the right positions. I felt like he was being aggressive. So it made sense to be able to transfer that to Premier League just because of the level of the pace and stuff. Obviously, the leagues are different, right? We're not saying that you should be, if you're good in Eredivisie, you're good in Premier League. That's not what we're saying. But his no. his tactical awareness to be able to switch between playing up front and playing as the wing meant, you know, great support for Kane. And it just felt like, 
Anyway, well, it wasn't a technique thing. With Eric Dyer, there are fundamental holes in his technique and his ability to play centre-back. Whereas, I think with Bergwijn, it wasn't a technique. It wasn't any of that. It was just confidence. Confidence in came, the end. Yeah, when he first came, his tail, yeah. his tail was up. He's running at players, taking them on, scoring good goals. And then confidence went. And with that, went his finishing. The Liverpool game killed him. I think he may have played directly after that, but then got hooked and was never seen again and was made into one of Mourinho's um, pawns who just never get seen and has an argument with them. Dembele, Deli, Bell, to name a few. Um, so, yeah, alienated. So that didn't help. But if he works on his finishing, there's a player there. So the drop-off for me from last season, like you said, where he scored some good goals, was surprising. So, there are awards for 2020-21. Please let us know what you think um, of those awards. But now we're going to move on to something quick, fire, rapid. Who stays, who goes? We've touched on this in different guises throughout the season, but this is just brutal now. We're going to run through some players, most of the squad, and we are just going to say who stays, who goes, and Club Knight is going to go first in each occasion. Okay. Loris. Stay. Yeah, you already called him out as your player of the season, so I guess he's got to stay. So that's a stay from me. Aurier. Go. Oh, that's surprising. His stock, isn't going, to, his stock isn't going to be any higher than it is right now, and he's clearly not the perfect right back for us. So it's happy. I'm happy to roll the dice on him. But I, I mean, I do, I do like him largely, but I think. We've had two managers who have managed to get him to play, you know, okay, and he still manages the brain farts. So, to me, we can do we can do better. We've even said that he's our most productive fullback. He is. He is. He is. That's why get him now, get him gone now. We want, his value will never be as high, and we know he's not. Get going to the be money our final, in. Yeah, he's never going to be our final solution. So yeah. And got a potential suitor in PSG. Okay, yeah. cool. I understand that. It, and and yeah, a lot of these are caveat caveated by realism so we're in the conference league next season we're not going to be able to attract a lot of top top players so if we're selling players who can we reasonably replace them with with reasonable sums so i do understand that point um i would say stay but that's a short-term mindset and we know levy doesn't think short-term toby stay Stay because we have to get rid of Dyer. Go. Regulon. Stay. Stay. Hoybier. Stay. Greed. Stay. Ndombele. Stay. Stay. Delhi. Stay. Stay. Sounds like an echo, right? Son. Oh, I'm going to say sell. No, I'm joking, 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 joking. Uh, <laughs> we keep on. Bell. And let me caveat this. Not Bell at 300,000 or 200,000. It has to be a figure that makes sense because Levy gambled again on winning and capitalising under Jose and Champions League football. We don't have any of those. Um, so Bell would need to come at a reasonable price. Let's assume he does. Yeah, keep, keep, keep. Kane. So. 
Is that sell because he's made it clear that he's going, or sell because you don't think we you think we could do better and with the money we I need to rebuild? He's made he's made it clear he wants to go. We need to rebuild. We should the smart thing to do is to send him to Man City for a good amount of money. Let him break all his Premier League records. He's, what's he gonna do? Make Man City the best team in the league. That's it. There's no there's no it's not like we have to come overcome another beast. So that's fine. Send him to Man City. Let him win everything he needs to win. And then maybe he comes back in a couple of years and it's cool. But if not, whatever. Sell him. Get the most money we can from him from a team that can pay the most, which is Man City. Anyone but Man United. And then um, then it's cool. He's not gonna leave probably is... He's not gonna leave the Premier League. Oh. He won't. He won't. He wants no, he, won't. He, he wants those records. So send him to Man City. So we can say he can still be fairly likable and um, keep going. Reinvest that money. Oh. I'm going to say let him go on loan, swap deal with Jesus and um, Cat plus cash for two years, and then we're getting back. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, Hart. So, if you can find a buyer. Um, <laughs> yeah, agreed. Tanganga? Keep. Yeah. Sanchez? And let's assume we get Ten Hagen. Keep. Oh, I'm going to say sell. Um, similar to your Oreo reasons, although his stock isn't high, but he's saleable and young. Um, Rodon. Keep. Greed. Davies. Keep. Interesting. We've got Sessignon coming back. I'm going oh, to say sell. Oh, sorry. Sell, man. Flip it out, Ben. <laughs> Ben, listen, Ben, shout out to you, bro. You've always just been quiet. You get on your business. You give 110%. Like, when you score, even you look so surprised of yourself. Like, look, <laughs> we uh, we love what you've done for the club. But, yeah, time to duck out, bro. Sessing on this time. Man like Sess. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've got to go with those young attacking fullbacks now. So, yeah, yeah Davies, everything Kobner said, like, no disrespect. We don't hate you. We don't dislike you. We admire your consistency yeah, and your yeah. professionalism. Doherty. So. Yeah, if you find a buyer, same. Uh, Winks. So. I think so, but we're going to leave ourselves short of midfielders. Sissoko. I would rather gamble on like Harvey White than to continue to pay Harry Winks. We know what Harry Winks is. We know we're not going to get any better. Sell him. Sell him to Leeds or to Southampton, duck him out. It's like, he needs to go. I'm sick of having players in the team who I look at them and I'm like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You know the guy that turns up to the party, doesn't make no jokes, doesn't bring no drink, doesn't bring no food. Why are you here? Doesn't dance, he just stands there. Why are you there, bruv? Why are you at the doesn't party? Doesn't even dance. Yeah, why You're are you there, Wink doesn't bro? even dance. Yeah, he doesn't even dance, bruv. Why are you He's here? He's there for his party trick. He's there for his party trick to oh, kick a cube of sugar into his cup. Of Coco. That is why Winks is at the party. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Ridiculous <laughs> contribution. Um, but yeah, yeah, Winks can duck out, bro. Sissoko? Yeah, you can leave as well. Now, look, listen. That's not to disrespect what he's given to the club. Look, it took him quite a while to find his feet. When he did, he, he did a job for us, man. He did a job for us at the time when no one else was doing it. And I appreciate it, but sentiment out the window, man. Sissoko can go. Yeah, and then the likes of Skip, Harvey White potentially yeah. can come through. Um, Niall, John, the likes of. So, fair enough. Um, Coco Lamella. Yeah, 
uh, you can go, man. The Mex the look, the Lamar experience, experience um, has been an interesting one. But this idea that you can bring him on as a scrappy number 10, you can try and change things in the last 15 minutes when all he does is actually slow down the players is redundant. Again, we've tried it over and over again. It doesn't work. He can get, he can get gone. I just think it's ironic that Bell came in and scored so many goals. I know they're different players and Bell's more of a 9 than he is a 11 or 7. Or let's call it 11. Um, but the Lamella experience, the Lamella experiment has been more lows than highs. We had a high, high this season, but within 80 minutes, we had a low. So, a big low. So, yeah. I know that's the first time he's been sent off, but Lamella, go to Roma, go to Jose. And then, yeah, I know it's going to happen, but I'll come on to that. Um, Los Celso. Tough one. It is, man. We can't sell everybody, and we can't sell all our midfielders. So I'm saying keep Lo Celso. I'm gonna say sell. Bloody hell! You got a selling spree, mate. Yeah. Lucas. Uh, keep. This is his last, last opportunity we've got to sell Lucas for some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's fine. I'm okay not selling him for money anyway. I'm okay him just like. Like you know, the thing about him is he's not going to play his position. He's not going to rock the boat. He's going to he's going to play his role and he's going to make an impact. Every time you think that he he's every time you feel like he doesn't bring anything further to the table, he does something. He scores the hat trick in Amsterdam, or he goes for a spell of like five or six games where he's single handedly the best player on the pitch. Like, you know, I'll take that. And he's going to be immense in the Europa Conference League. You heard it here first. Yeah, great take. Um, Bergwijn. And big Vinicius. I'm actually happy to keep Vinicius. I'm happy to keep him. I think we have to pay. That may be the caveat. I think we have to pay 40-odd million. You still keeping him? Yeah, I'm still keeping him. with my money. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we're not keeping Vinicius at 45 million. We can find another striker. We can get Tony from Brentford for less than that. I think he will offer more. I don't think we can get Tony from... I don't think we can. No? Why? Because for the amount of money that's going to be required for him, like he's he's considered the best striker outside of the outside of Premier League. Like, so was Oli Watkins? Yeah, what did he go he for? 33? And you just said you'll pay forty five million for Vinicius. Yeah, forty five million euros. Yeah, there's not much in it now, is there's, there? There's the exchange not, rate? There's not, but I'm telling you, Tony will Tony will cost at least I would say at least ten million more than Vinicius. Fifty five million? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, right. not in COVID, not in they, COVID. They'll definitely they'll definitely want forty mil pounds. They'll want forty million pounds easily for Tony. I reckon. Like, like, I reckon. Thirty-five will do it. Vinicius is already is already like acclimatized. Um, no, he hasn't. He doesn't speak no. any English still. Yeah, no, that says no. But he's comfortable around the club. He knows it now. Mm, you know, if it's a straight up shootout between him and Tony, I mean, you have to ask yourself: Would you think he could have done what Tony did in the in the um, in the championship? No. No. What? No. 
No. Come on, no. you saw that hat trick against Marine. <laughs> I know, and that's what I'm worried about. The missed <laughs> kick on the goal line. <laughs> That's uh, what I'm worried right, about. Fine. You, know, you convince me he can go. Oh, man, this set, but that this said, though, we are playing Europa Conference League next this season. Backup striker so it, stuff is long, bro. But it's going to change when we get rid of Kane. Yeah. So get rid of you. Know. Yeah, that's that's the attitude. We are getting rid of him. He's not getting rid of us. We're getting rid of him. Um, okay, that wraps it up for who stays, who goes. Uh, as always, we're running long. Lot to discuss. The last thing I want to discuss is the Europa Conference League that we tried to avoid. That's what it looked like until we decided that we wanted to deny Leicester the chance of getting into the Champions League and helping out Chelsea. Who does that? And who then qualifies for the Europa League? But of course, it's about winning. Not Europa League. Europa Conference League. It's about winning. It's about every game counts, every minute counts. It's also about finishing above Arsenal at every opportunity. And Daniel Levy will tell you, Europe is better than no Europe. And with the squad we have now and the ability to, um, to sell players being very difficult, we need some form of European football and it would be good to get youngsters playing on a regular basis, such as Rodon, who struggled with not being in the Europa League side. So that said, what do you make of the Europa League? What do you want to see? And how do you think we will go? I mean, what do I make of it? It's, it's an opportunity, another opportunity to, to blood in players. I don't think there's anything much bigger than that. Like, it's... It's like the second tier, and whilst it's not... Third tier. Third tier. Whilst it's not... Um, yeah, it's like a third tier, and whilst it's not ideal, I think it presents an opportunity to actually take it seriously for other for some of our players to get game time, right? So some of the youngsters in there to get game time to give those much much valued experience because whether you're trying to improve them and get them ready for the first team or making them ready to sell, either way, it's worth it. So, so everyone wrote this competition off and it is the third tier competition in um, Europe. Ironically, they condensed the tournaments that were the UEFA Cup and the Cup Winners' Cup into the Europa League and said there were too many European competitions and now they've introduced a third one years later, which is ironic. What's also ironic is, if I'm not mistaken, Spurs won the UEFA Cup, which was the third tier trophy after the Cup Winners' Cup and the European Cup. And they won that in its inauguration season. So, we enter this European trophy competition in its inaugural season, and it's also the third-tier competition. I've just done Dr. Tottenham, and I struck earlier in the season, but is that an omen? Or is the biggest omen the fact that there's a manager, a former manager of ours, who will be managing his side in that competition, and he will take it seriously and will want to win it to add to his CV, Jose Mourinho. So is it set up for us to play Roma in the final and in Lamella's revenge game and for Lamella to score the winner for his former <laughs> club against his former club 
with his former manager, who is also our former manager. You heard it here first. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. God, this season's been dreadful. <laughs> it's, it's been so dreadful. dreadful, man. <laughs> oh, it's actually not going to fix my head. It's how bad it's been. <laughs> the Europa Conference League. Oh, Remember I told you, Lamella oh. Rabona, Lamella Rabona, last minute, Jose on his knees down the touchline. Yeah, nah, for real. Oh, man. Shocking, shocking, isn't it? That's where we are. That is where we are. Mate, that's all I've got. I've got no more. Ah, oh, man, that's all we need, mate. Listen, it's been, it's been a... It's been a tough season, man, but I don't know if I would have made it without you, so I want to say thanks, because... Thank, um, thank you, is that to me or to the fans? To you, this therapy has been good for me. The fans <laughs> the, the fans of, um, of Spurs and listeners to this show, thank you very mm-hmm. much for working with us for this amount of time. It's been tough, man, but, you know, I think bright times are ahead. They've got to be right, because, you know, it's always brightest you know, before the dawn and stuff. Before it's called. Dawn. It's called summer. It's called summer club now. Darkest before the dawn. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's been. It's been. It's been tough. But listen, we've we've had some fun. We've had some fun, guys. We've had some fun along the way. So we do appreciate each and every one of you. Um, thank you for listening. Do remember, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do leave us a review. Five stars only. Equal to give you five star content. You know it makes sense. I want to say thank you to Andrew for joining us once again, steering the ship, making sure I don't go too crazy in my rants. And being the more calm, philosophical, methodical, the hoibia is my in the belly, I think. Straight mug, straight mug me off, straight mug me off. Appreciate it, bro. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. You could have said winks, at least. I'm joking. That would have been Thank you, Endum. End on ballet over there, yeah? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Safe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So look, and for the for the last time this season, I want you guys to remember, man, to smile because the sun always shines on the shelf side. So for the last time for this season, man, Lero, run the outro. (laughs) 